0: From the city of brotherly love, this is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow business during complete global chaos. Today, we're gonna chat about entrepreneurship. First, though, remember please download the Shark Bite biz app exclusively if you're using an android device on the google play store that's the single place you can get every audio every video every segment every clip of this very show right there inside of the app plus you can buy our fabulous coffee brand yes dead house coffee you can buy it right there in the app just by clicking the menu button and hitting coffee store Or you can do it the old-school way and just go to DeadHouseCoffee.com where you're going to get the freshest coffee, okay? That's coffee that is roasted, sealed, and shipped within a 24-hour period to your doorstep, okay? You can go there, get that coffee. If you use code SHARK, you're going to save 20%. We're going to get all the proceeds to continue making this the show the biggest and best we possibly can. Now, let's get back to today's show. We've got an awesome episode scheduled for today. And, you know, I I guess we talk about so many things. It's one of those very fluid conversations that we have that it's hard to kind of sum it up in a few words. And I, I really think that the best way to sum it up is just flat out making yourself better. This is an episode about growth. Basically, it's about making you a better business owner, growing your business, being a better person, growing as a person, and building your business better. Basically, growing your business. Like I said, it's all about growth. So who do we have today? None other than Christine Hansen. Christine Hansen is an award-winning business coach and consultant running a boutique service for online entrepreneurs, creatives, and coaches who want to embrace their inner lazy, profit like a pro, and add philanthropists to their list of credentials without ever undercharging or feeling like they have to be anyone but themselves again. She combines smart strategy and deep soul work so that you can grow and scale a business you love. With 10 plus years as a sought after TEDx France and keynote speaker, Christine is a contributor for Entrepreneur, and her work is featured in Forbes, Business Insider, National Geographic, and more. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring Christine right on in here. Personal growth. Christine. Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark
1: Bait. Hello, I'm so <laughs> excited to be here. How are you doing?
0: Oh, doing wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're here on this show and we have a tradition. Very first question we ask everybody, doesn't matter who you are rock star, CEO, business coach. Everybody gets asked the same exact question, okay? Tell us, where you are you from? Where you've been? What are you doing? How'd you get there? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us, what makes Christine Hansen? Christine Hansen.
1: Uh, That nutshell is like, (laughs) (laughs) it's a big nutshell. Um, So it's a little bit more complex, but I am from Luxembourg. I have grown up in Luxembourg. I was born okay. in Colombia, South America, Ooh. but was adopted when I was four months old. So I have the Latina blood mm. in my veins, but the very European academic upbringing in my, <laughs> my psychology. Yes. I yeah. went to yeah. university in the UK um, studied English literature, did my masters and uh, my bachelor and my masters in the UK. And I was a teacher for 10 years. Uh, over here in Luxembourg, and um, yeah, and then I had my daughter.
0: Oh, sorry, I I just wanted to uh, to say there with the accent that is something that always fascinates me when you have somebody <sighs> like with you that you're from Colombia and you know you're over in Luxembourg, and then you pick up the English accent. So now instead of what like my wife is Peruvian, so. You know her English. You know you hear a big Latina English accent. Uh, yeah, well, accent. I
1: mean, I was a baby yeah. when I came to Luxembourg, so I don't know. honestly my Spanish is what I learned in high school <laughs>
0: from your from your 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 parents, though. I would have imagined. Well, no, my parents
1: are uh, my adoptive parents are Luxembourgish, right? So I oh, grew up speaking adoptive, Luxembourgish. Adopt,
0: okay, 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 okay. So that, that makes yeah, I, so that, my, that makes more more sense there for me but still yeah. I mean it is it's it's always amazing it's always been one of those weird things that just fascinates me about people in general uh but anyways you were saying about your uh about your daughter mm-hmm.
1: yeah so um I'm someone who's not a typical kids person um but then you know as it everything was living the average life, let's put it that way, you know, like having a stable job, good salary, blah, blah, blah. My daughter, and uh, because I'm not two kids... Friendly, I don't want to say I'm horrible towards them, and it's just not my passion. One of my worries was that I wouldn't be sleeping because everyone around me with kids was not getting any sleep. (laughs) So I downloaded a program.
0: That's like one of the big stereotypes about parenthood. Oh, you're never going to sleep again. And it's true. You know, every Saturday and Sunday, my kids wake up at 6 a.m. on the dot. And it's like, why don't you do this Monday through Friday when they're school? I
1: know. It's because of the cartoons, I can tell. But yeah, so for me, that was a real stressor because I wanted to go back to work immediately. We, My then husband and I had made it clear he wanted to stay and go part-time. I wanted to go back full-time. And so I downloaded a program to help newborns even sleep as quickly as possible on their own. And it worked really well. And then um, around six months later, I got what I now know is a very good email with a sales page where that program was saying they were picking people to become certified baby sleep consultants. And here in Europe, Baby sleep consultants are not a thing. And especially in my country here in Luxembourg, it's not a thing. People don't know what it is. It's not in our culture. It's just, it doesn't exist, really. It's very rare.
0: So oh, I, 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 I've never heard of it either. I, I no, didn't it's know quite that popular existed. in
1: the U.S. So you wow. basically have someone who's coming to help you teach your baby how to sleep.
0: Oh, and
1: okay. I read that sales page and it was very well written and it drew that picture of becoming an entrepreneur basically you know they described what the day would could be like um they crunched the numbers for you how much money you could make and I was like oh this is a thing and I never considered myself an entrepreneur and funny because we talked about languages before in Luxembourgish we don't actually entrepreneur we have the word it's it's French actually but we have a different meaning linked to it. In Luxembourg, an entrepreneur is someone who does construction, you know, big construction like highways or lots of buildings. It's not necessarily someone who creates businesses or like an Elon Musk, you know, that's not like we, we don't think about that when we say entrepreneur. So I literally, even though I studied English literature, Shakespeare didn't really talk about entrepreneur, um, I didn't know. Really, what it was, and I didn't know that it was what I wanted to do, but that sales page got me. So I decided and you're in to... Luxembourg
0: too. I mean, first I, I I just gotta say you are the first person I've ever met from <laughs> Luxembourg. Well, we uh,
1: aren't a lot of people, so it's a rare commodity. Yeah.
0: Um... Can Can you just do what? Because I I did tell you that I would interrupt you if there's an sure. acronym, and there. I would imagine we've had the president of Liberland on this show. So, um, you know, countries, having people like that is nothing new. But explain to people what, where Luxembourg is. I personally know, but you live there. I want to hear from you.
1: So it's a small country um, in the middle of Europe. It's actually a grand duchy. So we have a dynasty over here. We have a grand duke but it doesn't really have like um any true active powers that's our government, and we have a prime minister and a whole cabinet and it's between Belgium, Germany, and France, and it's also very close to the Netherlands so you are and it's tiny like it takes you an hour and a half to drive from north to south so it's i mean really it, 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 it's small.
0: basically almost like a city state almost like for example. Like, if you no. were to look at it compared to Vatican, yes and no. it's, how much it's, more bigger?
1: So, is it's it? often compared to the Vatican or uh, Monaco. But it is a little bit different, though, because are usually, those are usually just one big city. Whereas here, you, we do have a capital, but we still have other small, like obviously very small cities and, and villages around it. So, it's a little so bit more still
0: tiny. In the States, we would yeah. probably call that more like a county that That's what we would probably, yes. And even
1: it's probably like a third or a fifth of a county, like it's really small. Um, right, but well, we have small counties out here,
0: too. (laughs) Yes, true, but but, uh, you know, Rhode Island's a pretty small state. Uh, it's but uh... I don't even know, (laughs) yeah, wow, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically, I mean, Luxembourg, I've always kind of found fascinating myself personally because of the fact that. It is like a county-sized country that is, you know, amongst all these major European powers, and it sits like right in the middle of all of them, and yet it has remained, you know, essentially independent. So I've, I've always found that awesome traveling to luxembourg is on my bucket list so well um, it
1: was bigger right like historically luxembourg was it was also called the gibraltar of the north because it was a very very important military um fortress so it was really because of its situation you know between germany and france and so forth and the netherlands it used to be really big and then it was dismantled because it was considered to be quite you know it, to giving too much power to whatever force was reigning at the time so it was german french it was belgium and we still have a luxembourg province in belgium and we are our the house of nassau so we still our royal family is still connected to the dutch family mainly but not all, all, only so it's well connected. But what is um it used to be it's one of the founding state members of the EU because you had Benelux first, so Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, those three first. Mm-hmm. And from there
0: N- you then develop the the EU? it. Okay, yep. And okay. we still have the European
1: N- courts here in Luxembourg and the European institutions. Right. So right, it's right. it's 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 always been quite entrepreneurial if you think about it, because of its size. It used to be big in banking. Now, then it was the steel industry. Now, one of our main assets is space. Um, We're quite big in innovation in space. We're one of the first countries ever to already have a legal system for space. It's very strange. Um,
0: right. Hold on, hold on. A legal system for space. Yes.
1: So there's already that... laws about mm-hmm. space, uh, who owns what, and what will happen in certain events, and most of them are actually, you know, being drawn up here. So it's it's always been a little bit thinking outside of the box because obviously we don't have steel; it's not too big of an industry anymore over here. So we have to think about, you know, what else can we do. So it's always been quite innovative. And um, yeah, so we have our own language, which is Luxembourgish, but everyone, we learn writing and reading in German and French. So everyone living here knows at least three languages. And if you go to traditional high school, you also learn English and then often also either Spanish or Italian. So, because nobody speaks our language, right?
0: Right. This might sound dumb coming from me. I don't know how to come across uh, but... You know, one thing is, is that my whole life. So I lived in Mexico for 15 years. Um, I also lived down in Peru as well for about a year. And basically, you know, I've learned Spanish. I'm fluent in Spanish, uh, 100 percent. In fact, in my household, um, we speak Spanish here all day, every day, the whole household, because... I mean, the kids learn English perfectly from friends in their schools. You know, sometimes I'll talk to the kids in English too, but we also do a lot of Spanish to keep the practice, keep the culture in the house to um you know, to keep it as a bicultural house. You know, we don't want to lose our kid. We don't want our kids to lose their why we do have one older son that's Mexican, um, half Mexican, uh, but then the younger ones are Peruvian. So we don't want them to lose their their heritage and we try to keep that in the family as much as we can. Throughout my whole life, I've always met Latinos that they, you know, can speak English and Spanish. And it's like, it's, you know, cool. Like it, Like, yeah, I've met a million people like that. No big deal. But for whatever reason, whatever they see a white guy speaking Spanish you're like, huh, you, you speak Spanish? It's like, I'm like, well, yeah, you speak English. I mean, if you could speak English, why can't I speak Spanish? I don't know why, but I always get that weird reaction from Latinos when I'm down in a place, like even up here in the States, you know, like there's just don't expect it. I, I, I don't get it. I, I have no idea why. Language is just one of those funny things. And then you look at a country. So to bring my point full circle, is then you look at a country like Luxembourg, where you're like, everybody here speaks two, three, four languages, you know what I mean? So that that's where I'm coming from when I'm hearing that, you know, just the, the difference in, I guess, point of view and perception, depending of what your biases are.
1: Totally. I mean, it's it's out of necessity, of course, because first of all, nobody speaks our language and there's just very few of us. And then also the population of Luxembourg is like 700,000, the whole Mm -hmm. country. It swells to double the size every day from people from France, Belgium, and Germany coming over to work here. So they don't speak Luxembourgish either. So when we go- they're trying to do all the space
0: stuff, right?
1: You just have to speak (laughs) another language.
0: Like wherever you
1: go, people won't be speaking Luxembourgish. And then obviously in the big companies- English is the most current language being spoken. So, because we have that international community and Luxembourg is very cosmopolitan, I feel really privileged, you know, because it's Uh given me an upbringing that's very open minded and and just uh, a lot of different
0: cultural influences. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And you have a different point of view of the world that way, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm feeling very blessed, you know, to be living here, to having grown up here and also to have my daughter grow up here.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I can 100%, uh, you know, relate relate with that experience, like, what you're talking about, just that feeling. I mean, I think my wife feels the, um, the same way, essentially, um, because we got over to the US with, like, her visas being approved, I think, just in the nick of time even though she was peruvian we were living back in mexico uh on the border with san diego and you know her visa got approved and we were living in san diego for about two weeks before our daughter was born three months prematurely so i mean that's how razor thin it was from uh uh getting over here. So it was, you know, or else it would have been okay. It just would have been more paperwork and uh you know, I don't like paperwork. But anyways, as so you ended up, you know, getting those pamphlets and it basically it was teaching you like it it had a uh an argument laid out there as far as an entrepreneur, right?
1: Yes, it was, I loved the idea. And then I decided to go for it and I did. And I really quickly discovered that I loved digital marketing. Um, And I don't remember why. I think I was probably trying to build my first website and I got onto Skillshare and I saw this free class with Seth Godin and he was, it was one of his staple classes about marketing. I think he had written the prep book how at the time. And I loved everything he had to say. It made so much sense. And I loved all the business components to my first company, which was then Sleep Like a Baby, you know, being a baby sleep consultant. (laughs) Turns out, though, I really don't like babies apart from my own. So (laughs) after a year, I was like, I need to get out of this. But I realized when I talked to people about what I was doing, that sleep was a very, very hot topic. You can talk about it in all kinds of different areas. And it was 2015, 2016, which is when Arianna Huffington, who was still the CEO of the Huffington Post at the time, was writing The Sleep Revolution. And she had a massive PR tour about The Sleep Revolution. But obviously, not every journalist was able to interview her. But when Googling for a sleep expert, because I did a good job with my website, they found me. So I got a lot of media exposure very, very quickly, and um, I have uh,
0: an Ariana Huffington book uh, right over. <laughs> I, I, I forget where it's at, but she actually autographed it. It might, uh, maybe it's the book that you told. Me. I never read it. It's to like be dark honest.
1: blue, and she's on a bed, sitting on top of a bed. It's it's a very good book. I really, really enjoyed yeah. it. it. Gave me lots to work with. But I discovered I might actually have it
0: though, because she sent me an autographed copy of the book because they were going to put me in. It was right after she stepped down from being CEO of of Huffington Post. Mm -hmm. And she was basically like, hey, David, uh, make sure you get your articles published, you know, because they really, she really liked the article that I wrote. Um, and then like the new people that, that she put in charge actually didn't publish and she felt bad because she was like, yes, I was going to publish you, David. So she sent me the autograph book instead. So it, it oh, still was lovely. pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was like one of the sweetest things because it's like, you didn't have to do that. Uh, yeah. But it was, it was pretty cool.
1: I figured out though that it wasn't, there wasn't anything in sleep that, that it was much more complex than what I did in the beginning. And so it took me another year and a half and lots of diplomas um, to really get my own method, which is now the Sleep Like a Boss method, which is very holistic with lab testing, stress resilience and all of it. And then I realized, you know, I really enjoy building the business more than necessarily working with help. So I franchised the business out at a team all over the world, working with clients. And I, I I, I'm starting,
0: yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm starting to notice a trend here. Yeah.
1: You need to do something to figure out what you like doing and what you don't like doing. And right. I think a big lesson learned is, as well, you need to give yourself permission to... Uh-huh pivot you know when you realize it's not about my pride here or you need to finish what you started when you know this is not like when you have an eye roll each time you need to work that's not what i want to sounds do. sounds like you
0: like the challenge of building things but then I love it's kind of like uh, you know i'll build this but then i just want to offload it like here you go take it and then i want to build something else that's new and creative and innovative and that, that's what you do?
1: That's what I do. I'm a generator by human design. So now I get to do it with my clients, you know? So I franchised it off. Now we have a new CEO for Sleep Like Bars. And I decided to really focus on what I love doing, which is building businesses and digital marketing. So I love the online business world. And I love working with people who know what they want to do they have an inkling but they don't really know how to get there and for them the online world is super scary you know in terms of oh, all of this like marketing tech the whole how do i even live how do i do my finances all of it and so i do have people in different stages i have them either to get started like to be born on the internet But I also love people who are a little bit further who might have a great business running on autopilot, but they are a little bit like me where they're like, actually it's not fulfilling anymore. So that's where we go a little bit more in the coaching section or my business trippers, which is basically we travel amongst entrepreneurs. So it's it's
0: so crazy how like uh, technology, stuff like that, um, you know, how it's evolved, you know what I mean? Just because, like, for example, like you're talking like the digi- digital marketing and stuff like that. Look at Hootsuite, for example. Okay,
1: uh, all uh, of it, all of it. It's, I mean, it's it's nuts. I always talk about Internet Land. Five years mm-hmm. is like eons of time mm-hmm. online. And but even like over from- the
0: last three years, look at how much the price has increased in Hootsuite. It's- over the last three years of what it was, and I could be speaking a little bit uh, uh, wrong here. Maybe it's more like five years, but I know since the last time I looked at Hootsuite, because I used to, when I was a sales rep for Vision 33, the same company I work for right now, but I was a sales rep, I wasn't the uh, the managing executor for the uh, Northeast like I am now. When I was in it was like, hey, I'm gonna pay this $15 a month, manage all of my social medias. Now I, I think their entry level price was like 35 or 50 bucks a month or something. Like I'm like, holy cow, this game has uh, changed since then. It's
1: it it's nuts. I mean, I just ever got an evolving. Email. Yes. I just I mean, we are in March 2022 now. And I just received an email from MailerLite, which is like an email software provider, similar to MailChimp with ActiveCampaign. And until now, their classic plan has always been that it's free up to a thousand subscribers and they have a really robust system. They're changing things now and their new plan is actually a lot pricier. So it's been interesting because I went to see their blog post in the newsletter where they were presenting this new system. And the comments were actually <laughs> people were not excited about it because they were like, this was one of the platforms that had still kind of the old school pricing and things. So yeah, I agree with you. It's I think it's also the market has become so much more saturated. I mean, and we have so many people who
0: and that was after uh, this, that was you know, an needs. email list application you were talking about, right?
1: Yes, exactly. So an email and we've provider. had
0: a lot of people on here uh, as of late. I don't know why or what the trend is, but everybody is email marketing, email marketing, email marketing. You know, it, your, your reach is only as powerful as your email list. You need to build the email list. What do you say about that?
1: You know, a yes and a no <laughs> in terms of Sleep Like a Boss was, he still is, very successful. But our email list has always been tiny because people didn't opt in. Like they would come to the website, they would immediately book that call and they would never read a single newsletter. I still sell without newsletters similarly. Last year, I invested more than 20K into copywriters who wrote my newsletters because I hate writing. I really don't like it. And I'm really big into don't do what you don't like doing. So they were very, very good. And yet my email list didn't convert at all. So after a year, having all the data come in, I was like, I'm not going to spend more money on this. This doesn't make sense. Like if it's not working, it's not working. So I'm not giving it up. I still have like everything in place because email addresses are still, you know, strong. But I'm doing what I like doing. And I like audio, I like video. So actually, I have audio love notes now like I have my regular blog and podcast but I leave little messages so every two weeks I have a private feed that you can't find unless you've subscribed through my website to it um where I just leave uh, that
0: sounds intriguing I should do that
1: it's it's for me it's much easier because I just sit down I record it I upload it and it's done And everyone who subscribes gets a quick message and just, you know, like. the the I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do love
0: notes. I I, I would, I would call it shark bites.
1: Yes, exactly. Whatever your (laughs) jam is, whatever your vibe is, whatever (laughs) your brand is, whatever your voice is. But to me, it's more me. And I've really learned over the years that yes, there are best practices, but in the end, you really have to figure out what works for you. Like, have best practices in place, obviously, but instead of sticking to something that has worked for everyone else, quote-unquote, versus maybe who shouts the loudest, you really stick rather to what you enjoy doing, what is in your zone of genius.
0: Right, right. No, I, I, I totally, totally agree. I mean, my question, I guess, would be, whereas you haven't personally had that big of a conversion rate do you think that you know obviously your list is good meaning that they're valid contacts they're people that could be a value to you and your organization in some form or shape or whatever could it just be that the format or whatever, something in there that you're just doing that just not optimized to get the message across to hit these people? I mean, it, it, I, I'm just thinking outside the box. I want to hear what your opinion is with it's that. It's always
1: possible, I guess, but that's when I'm taking professionals in, you know, that's why I worked with copywriters who are conversion specialists, you know, in terms of, because I, so I don't believe that you have to be great at everything. And I know that writing is not my forte. I like speaking and even my book is taken from a podcast that I had, you know, and it's written in the way that I speak. And I do that on purpose. Like some people, that drives them nuts. They prefer having a Well, I'm mean, enchanted
0: you know, by your speaking. Your, your accent is amazing. But it, you can't hear
1: the accent in it, the book. It, <laughs> it,
0: oh, yeah. I but am still, recording it, though. It
1: will be I, I tell, available uh, as an
0: audiobook. I, I tell you what, when I read the book, I am going to read it with your accent in my mind.
1: Yes. Well, I'm in the process of recording it, and it's going to be like an audiobook course hybrid because I'm going to add some things and comment more on mm-hmm. my own rising but um are you going to put it on like audible yes it's going to be available but we're just producing it now and i'm being very lazy (laughs) and
0: (laughs) so it's taking (laughs) its
1: sweet time you you know
0: i'll tell you what um the audible book of it have you heard of uh, the author jeffrey gittimer he's a little bit Mm -hmm. old school but he's for sales business development and he has some really good books that I, I like personally because I feel that like they align with me and my style. And one of them is called The Little Red Book of Selling. Another one is called The Sales Bible. And he's little, like he'll have the y- little yellow book, little green book, mm-hmm. you know, that's a stick. But The Little Red Book of Selling is somewhere, it was almost, almost like it was a, a message being telegraphed to me because i was seeing this book everywhere right. and then finally like i'm like okay i give in i'm going to buy it and i bought the book but then uh i noticed once i bought it on amazon it's like hey you know since he bought the book you can also <laughs> get it for like three dollars more or two in audible if you want and i listened to the book while I was reading it, and it's actually written by the author, Jeffrey Gittimer himself is reading it. And instead, you know, it, it gives that vibe, exactly what you're talking about, which instead of like having a professional reader read the book and not be you, it's him reading it with his accent, with his tone, with his personality so that it directly conveys with the extras like you're saying what point he's trying to get across yeah. and no matter how good of a writer you are i mean like i have hbr have her business view right here in front of me you know I mean, you just can't get that reading you know, the book or a magazine as you can with that audio when you have it done by the author with that intent. I think that's a powerful move, a near move, a near fire.
1: Yeah, and I really feel that marketing-wise, like let's talk about strategy for a second, It's audio is one of the most immersive experiences that you can create, and it's creating trust fairly quickly as well. Video too, but not everyone wants to sit in front of a screen So audio is really that I I really feel if you like to listen to someone, you will most likely also be deciding very quickly if you ever want to have something in real life to do with them, work with them or purchase something from them. If I don't like someone's voice, if I don't like the way they talk, there is no way I'm ever going to go further in that relationship. No, it's just I think it's just one of these
0: things if you so, find somebody annoying um and i've had this you know you do, to where it's course. like oh my god i can't stand that guy's voice yeah, um and, just... and, and and it's the same thing i tell my sales reps one of the things that i coach them on is you know guys um and i say guys because i do have uh three sales reps and all three of them are guys and it's weird because I have age group literally like a 20, 50, and near, you know, mid 60s-ish, like all kind of spread out through different generations. But with them, um, I'm talking to them and I'm like, guys, remember, you can't sell everybody. Just for whatever reason, somebody eventually isn't going to like you. And it's gonna happen once, it's gonna happen twice. May happen even three times a year. Now, if it happens like every deal cycle, we we we're, we've got to have some conversations. But if it's happening, you know, once, twice, three times a year, you know, the, those rare occasions with all the people you talk to, that's okay. Flip them over to me. You'll still get your credit. You know, I'll get the deal closed. I can't sell everybody. They're like we just sold the customer uh, where they're like that david guy oh my god he wouldn't shut up you know he just kept talking and talking and talking and i'm like they kept asking me these detailed questions and wanting to know all these super like i was giving them what they wanted and then afterwards they're complaining about it to the the sales rep but they love the sales rep so it's like fine you know good cop bad cop. you know that's how we work but sometimes that's gotta be reverse. Usually it is reversed to where I'm the person that, you know, I'll be in it, but every now and then it's like, okay, I'm the bad cop. They hate me. So, you know, Chris, you, you go be the good cop. So yeah. that, that's kind of what my strategy is there.
1: I agree. And, you know, most of the time you still have to remember we're humans, we connect or we don't. And even if you are, I mean, some of my clients, they're not entrepreneurs or they're not entrepreneurs, but they're not like service providers. So I have artists, you know, who want to embark on having their first exhibition, even they're selling your paintings where you'd think that is totally objective. People who connect with the artists are also more likely to connect to the paintings that they're doing, you know, so it's always no matter how you approach in the end selling. I think the connection piece, you can't fake that and you should or you really, really shouldn't. And it's totally fine that because we don't like everyone. I like to switch it around when I have a client who's maybe a little bit self conscious, or you know, when you get your first bad review. And it's just like, you know, you I'm self conscious. Like-
0: I mean, like I told you, I had to cover my face with your notes. I don't even look at myself (laughs) during the interview.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, you know, it's, we don't like everyone. Like we've been like, not my cup of tea, like nice to meet you, but bye-bye. And why would you be different towards others? You know, it's just, it's, it's normal. And it's, it's, I like it as a filter because I don't want to work with someone who doesn't like me, what's the point? I don't wanna work for someone who doesn't get my jokes. That's just really awkward.
0: So, <laughs> you know, um, and that, that, that that's a good point because for many years I ended up working on my own for that very reason because, you know, like I go into a, a, a job interview and I mean, I was pretty successful as an independent consultant up until I took my position with Vision 33 And I think this is kind of why they they like me, but, um, you know, I kind of like, yeah, I understand you guys are interviewing me, but uh, I'm interviewing you. I got a good thing going Mm -hmm. here. And, uh, you know, some companies like they found that like arrogant and I'm like, no, No. I'm not going to lose everything that I have, you know, going that I've built for myself or someplace that I might not like. And in fact, when I did give out my resume and stuff like that, I have this flashy infographic. That's my cover letter. And it's like me with a guitar, showing my timelines and all my stats and all this amazing stuff. And then it goes into a very non traditional resume. So it's eye attention, uh, uh, you know, it's eye grabbing, uh, it's drawn attention, and people are going to be like, no too flashy Are they gonna be like actually let's give this guy a call let's see uh uh what he brings to the table let's see if he lives up to this you know and and that's kind of that that's what i look for because to me it's a process of elimination if you don't like the picture of me with the guitar guess what then you're probably not gonna like me wearing uh uh a sequin skull (laughs) shirt uh uh, with the suit that I'm wearing okay and and that's where I kind of draw the line does it it makes sense right not totally crazy
1: it's no it's what I teach my clients all the time it's not our job even to find clients it's our job to show up to be strategic about we show up maybe that's it. The clients are out there. Like everyone has needs. The world is a big place. And online you're reaching everyone. So it's not our job to find and to be desperate. It's yeah. exactly it's the other way <laughs> yeah. around. You know what you mm-hmm. like, you know what you don't like. And I actually see a lot of people who do this mistake in a way that they assume they know what others want, mm-hmm. and then they go down a completely wrong track. And it's the only Assuming thing that really we
0: know for is, sure. Is the worst Thing that you can possibly do because oftentimes you are wrong. Now, there's sometimes we're assuming, you know, if done properly and framed correctly, it can be good because it's like, uh, you know, maybe we underbid this slightly. So it's like, okay, well, let's just assume that they're going to do their own data transfer. You exactly. Know? <laughs> and it's it's also uh, working yeah.
1: with certain people. And then you do start working with those profiles yep. and you discover actually I don't like that kind of profile. And then you've built everything towards it. So I'm always saying the only thing that you know for sure is yourself and the products that you create or the services that you create. That's the only thing you know for sure. So go with that. Go with what you like and what you don't right. like. And that is a perfect elimination process. That's all you have to do.
0: So I have one final question I want to ask you before we get all your information. Okay. And that is uh, you know, one of the 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 points I have, which is Um, that you help people bust past their blind spots. How do you help people? What's the key to helping people identify those blind spots?
1: I think, oh, I know it's one of the skills that I think I inherently have as a person. And it's also that I honed through coaching skills, right? Um, So when I work with someone, by really listening and looking, I can pinpoint it, you know, it's just like, this. you're telling me this, <laughs> let me just, let me just recheck on this little thing, you know, is that actually you or is it someone else's belief, you know, and those it's most of the time it has to do with mindset of a person and, you know, something that's not actually their own. That is one element of blind spots. The other blind spots are strategic ones, which is just experience where I'm just like, sure, you could do it this way, which is 10 steps. Or you could just do it that way, which is like two steps, you know, so that is so there's two ways, two points of blind spots. That's but how I
0: look at it. I look at things very, I guess you could say almost black and white that way to where it's kind of like. Why are you doing all of these things? I mean, I'm, like I'm talking to my wife, it, I'm like, it makes no sense. Like if yeah. you're just kind of you going just to this, that. it's exactly. just like that. Right, but that's right. that's just you, the just cut it in half. you know.
1: I've, we've been in the game for a while. We know what is out there. We know the tools. We know the strategies. We know what works, what doesn't. And that's what people ultimately pay me for, you know, to collapse time for them, to collapse money for them. And saying, you know, you don't need this. All of these 10 softwares, you don't need them. You can just do it this way. And then the other is that's also why I always call myself a consultant and a coach. Those are two very different things Um, because I do both. I really do the strategy and I do the coaching, the mindset as well, which I feel is especially for beginners or people who are solopreneurs is very, very important.
0: Okay. Well, hey, Christine, our time together has been awesome. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I've That's got it. to ask, great, great, great. I've got to ask you how can people digitally stalk you? You got a couple things going on, books, all this podcast. Tell us where they can find you, anywhere they dwell on the interwebs.
1: The hub is the easiest to find everything, is my website and that is christine means business.com
0: okay so you do mean bids business don't you literally it's what i love <laughs> it's what i breathe christine
1: means business <laughs> and my book is called we mean business
0: Yeah, oh, that's awesome i love them both christine <laughs> hey thank you so much for coming on thank you for sharing your 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 story your trip from columbia telling us about Luxembourg. We got to learn about Luxembourg today. Thank you so much for everything. It's been a blast. I hope you've had fun. Wow, such an incredible chat with Christine, right? As she said, Christine does indeed mean business. First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of the small business growth, please share us out to your network wherever you dwell on the interwebs. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Minds, Getter, Rumble, YouTube, doesn't matter, wherever you're at, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a share, give us a comment, just help get the word out, so that way, these awesome core messages that people like Christine Carey can get out to as many people as possible so now let's get back to our rock star guest christine okay she has an awesome story and even gave us a little bit of a geography lesson there in the process Because of, you know, being from Luxembourg, first person I've, you know, I've heard of Luxembourg, but the first person I've ever met or spoken to from the country. So it was pretty cool having her on there and just having her explain because of the fact that it is a little bit different than most countries are because of the size of it um although it is probably larger than you know definitely well, like she said it is larger than Vatican City which most people kind of compare it to unfairly but it's also larger from um uh Liberland as well too uh which they have some awesome stuff going on right now uh getting Liberland built out into the metaverse to help spread the word of um you know their country and their philosophy and their Believes kind of the democracy 2.0, as they put it. But anyways, I love unique people and unique stories. And Christine definitely fits both of those categories. What I found most amazing, though, about Christine, the fact that she kept building businesses and doing pretty Good, you know by any standard you want to measure it by and then once she built the business got it ready got it profitable discovers you know i really don't like this and ends up, you know, selling or whatever she did with those businesses. Uh, and it, it's kind of funny because she did that multiple times. And that actually happens as adults. You know, as we grow, so many adults go through this stage where they do have a career change. Uh, look how many times we've had somebody that has changed career. It's something that our show kind of focuses on, too, about career changes and how people People found themselves working where they are, and oftentimes it's by happenstance or a change of heart, or they realized, you know, I really am bored in this industry. I want to work in something else, and that's kind of what went on with Christine, but I think what also went on is that she kind of went through that process as far as a I I guess I'd put it as a self-discovery type process where you know she probably took a step back at some point and realized like okay I built a couple businesses after I built them I realized I didn't like it but I was passionate about it in the beginning what's going on and that's probably where she did the self-realization that she loves building businesses she loves getting that initial you know pump of energy going through that gives her the goosebumps all over when they're making their first sales and that really is what her specialty is so it, it you know she has that thrill of building i think businesses not the maintaining of it and That's really what led to her building a successful business today, realizing that she enjoys building things and helping others build things. So, hey, awesome stuff, Christine. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story and the mission that you're carrying out by helping other businesses scale and other people, you know, people, helping people scale. I think that's an important thing I want to point out, too. Please make sure you grab her book unfortunately uh, she is sending me a signed copy as most our our guests usually do i don't have it on hand it does take a little bit to travel from luxembourg um but i will make sure i post on social media once i do get a copy of her book thank you in advance for that christine please make sure you check out her podcast grab that book and check out her website at christine means business.com question of the day did you ever build the business just to find out you were bored with it leave a comment down below on youtube social media rumble odyssey wherever you're watching this video at i'd love to hear your story remember do you want to be on the show if so Get in the queue at interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Rumble, hit that little join button. For only $3 a month, you can become a baby shark and directly support this channel in its mission to help uh, entrepreneurs, executives, young executives grow their businesses and grow their careers if not, you can also support us directly by heading on over to DeadHouseCoffee.com. That's where you'll get the freshest coffee known on earth. Coffee that is roasted, sealed, and shipped within a 24-hour period to your doorstep. Just make sure, use the code SHARK. You'll get 20% off your order. We'll get the proceeds to keep on doing what we're doing. You all know this by now, but I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz.